Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor, a volunteer in your local church, or involved in any type of ministry, Ministry in Motion is designed for you and to grow you as a Christian leader. I'm Anthony Kent, and it's a real pleasure to welcome you. As you can see, this program is coming from you from a different place. We're in location in California with our good friends, Loma Linda Broadcasting Network. Our special topic today is how to successfully plant a new church. And our special guest is Pastor Antonio Horeta. Antonio, thank you so much for joining us on Ministry in Motion. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Now, church planting. There are millions of churches mm -hmm. in the world. Why do we plant more churches? Well, Anthony, I uh, appreciate you asking me that question because church planting is just the passion of my life. One of the many passions of my life is growing my congregation. And one of the fastest uh, ways to grow a congregation is by planting new churches. And not only that, but it's also one of the most effective ways to mobilize your church members to do ministry. And it obviously does bring a lot of excitement with it. It's sometimes I compare it to uh, like a woman when she's getting ready to give birth to a baby. There's a sense of expectation and anticipation and all of the family members are just looking forward to that. And the same thing happens with church planting. The moment I tell my congregation we're going to be planting a new church in some area in our city, uh, they get excited. They're looking forward to it. They want to be part of it. So it brings a lot of excitement. I think God wants us to grow his kingdom. And that is why uh, the need of planting new churches in the communities that we're at. Right, okay. So you've given us a, a ton of good reasons there. One is it seems to be a natural thing mm -hmm. that when a, a, a church is growing that it reproduces another church. It builds excitement and enthusiasm for Absolutely. the members, okay? And it's more ministry opportunities for those members as well, and a, a, a greater opportunity to reach out to the local community. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's what happens. And, and you as a pastor get to be blessed as well. Your congregation becomes more fruitful. Mm. And, and it's just a, a wonderful experience to know that there is a new location where the community that lives nearby, they can come and worship in that new place. Right. So there's plenty of good reasons to grow a church. Yes, okay. there are. Now, are there reasons not to plant a church? You know, that's actually a good question because uh, there is a statistic that I like to share with you that it's quite discouraging. And uh, it's a statistic that talks about church planting and it kind of discouraged most of us to consider even doing that. And basically what this statistic says is that most church plants, they fail within their first year of its existence. Really? And you can now see the pastor saying, well, why even bother to try? But uh, let me share with you why those church plants fail within the first year. And let those same reasons that I'll share with you be the same reasons as to why you should consider not planting a new church. Okay. And um, uh, there, a church will fail, a church plant will fail if you know that you have not been called by God to do it. 
Okay. So you really need to ask yourself the question, is this something that God wants me to do? Mm -hmm. uh, you don't want to do it for the wrong motives or the wrong reasons. Some of the wrong reasons would be, say you're angry at the former pastor and now you're saying I'm moving out of this church and I'm planting a new congregation of my own. Mm -hmm. That's not the right reason. Another uh, wrong motive uh, uh, that would lead you to plant a new church that will cause you to fail would be uh, you want recognition. You want mm -hmm. to be recognized maybe by your community or the organization that you're a part of. And, and when you try to plant a new church for selfish reasons, I can guarantee you you're not going to succeed. And so you really need to ask yourself the question, is God really calling me to do this? Mm -hmm. Second, uh, a reason why you should not consider planting a new church is if there is no financing available. Uh, it does take money to plant a new congregation, a new church. Uh, it takes a lot of commitment, mm -hmm. and that may include your wallet as well. Yeah. And so uh, you need to have someone to sponsor you. you, whether it be an existing church that they see some light in your vision and they said, you know, we think that this is something from God, so we're going to sponsor you and we're going to help you out with the finances. And so once you get an organization or some sponsorship from some place to help you plant a new church, you won't have to worry about that. Can I just ask a question sure. here? What about the argument where somebody says, well, even though we don't have the money, we should launch out in faith? You know, um, basically what I believe is that if God has called you to do this, mm -hmm. if you know that this is something coming from God for you to move on and plant a new church, I think you don't even have to worry about the finances. Yeah. There is a saying that it says, uh, where God guides, He provides. And I strongly believe in that. Yeah. You just launch out in faith, believing that God is going to provide you with the financial resources mm -hmm. to plant your new church. At mm -hmm. their reason why you should not consider planting a new church, we mentioned the first one would be, if you know you've not been called by God, mm -hmm. don't even do it, you're going to fail. Yes. Secondly, there needs to be financing available. Mm -hmm. And number three, which is key and it's very, very important, you need to make sure that you have a group of leaders to help you, to support you. <clears throat> so you can't be a lone ranger and just head we off We have not range. been called to be lone rangers as pastors. Mm -hmm. You really do need the help of other people around you. Uh, and I'm not talking here about just uh, helpers or you know church members that are going to help you out with the project i'm talking about leaders you need to have a core group of leaders that are as passionate as you are about the project that are as excited and as committed as you are about successfully planting a new church yeah now those leaders that you'll be working with in this new church plant they sound really important, and I'd like to explore that more with you um, right after we have this commercial break. So we'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion straight after this break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is successfully planting a new church. And our special guest is Pastor Antonio Herrera. 
Antonio, we, before the break, we looked at the importance of a, a leadership team, a team that goes with you on this church planting um, project. Explore that with us, will you? Tell us more about the importance and the role of the leadership team. Yes, um, your leadership team is key, is very, very important. Like I mentioned earlier, you can have a lot of people to support you in your project, but you need to make sure you have at least a group, a core group of leaders. And that core group of leaders should be made up of at least four people, four key leaders that are going to make it happen. Right. And, um, uh, and so let's start talking about each one of them. The first one uh, has to be obviously the church planter. Okay. The church planter who also plays the role of the evangelist. The church plant is the one that's visiting uh, those new people that are coming to your meetings. Is the church planter who makes the first impression, the first connection with those people that are visiting. And as they come into your meetings, you're there greeting them and they know that you are the main leader of that group. And, and so you do the work of an evangelist as well. Mm -hmm. And the church planter is key. He needs to be passionate about this project. He needs to know that he's being called by God to do it. And so what this leader has to do, uh, uh, once he knows he's being called by God, he has to be the face to this new group that is congregating. So he's the point person. He's the point person. And you know, when I mentioned that they're suppo he's supposed to be the one that does the work of an evangelist, mm -hmm. uh, some people have asked me, uh, so are you saying that you first need to be an evangelist before you can become a church planter? And the answer is no. You don't need to be an evangelist, but you do have to do the work of an evangelist. Right. And it reminds me, a good biblical example of this is, is the Apostle Paul. He was in the church planting business, mm. planting churches all over. And then he had this younger pastor, Timothy, and there in 2 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 4, he said to them, Pastor Timothy, as you go out and plant new churches, make sure that you also do the work of an evangelist meaning you're going to be preaching, you're going to be teaching, you're going to be mingling with the people, you're going to uh, do that so you can win them for the kingdom of God. Right. So we've got a, a leadership group of four. The point person is the evangelist who needs to be connected with, with God mm -hmm. and obviously connected with the community. Okay, and, yes. and building connections with the community. Okay, who's the second person? The second uh, key leader that you need to have to successfully plant a new church would be the music ministry leader. Okay. You, there needs to be some music in your services. Music is what livens up uh, the meetings. And so you want somebody who sings mm -hmm. and someone that, if not him, but he can find somebody that helps him with you know, playing an instrument, the guitar or the piano. And uh, I play the piano, I sing, but, uh, and the temptation is there to say, I want to do it alone. I don't need nobody to help me. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. That's not the point. The point is try to get as many people involved so that you won't end up doing it all by yourself. Right. And so the music ministry leader is very, very important mm -hmm. uh, to liven up the meetings and to lead out in song service, and maybe he can coordinate a singing group. The more people he gets to help him, the better. Okay, so evangelist, 
music ministry What's leader, and the third one would be the children's uh, uh, ministry leader. Okay. Uh, it's incredible, and it happens to me every time I'm planting a new church that um, if we have a good program for our children, uh, it's usually those children who bring their parents. And I hear it all the time, families coming to me and saying, uh, Pastor, you know, I forgot all about your meeting tonight. But it was my seven-year-old daughter who reminded me that uh, she wanted to be at her program. So I really didn't come. It's kind of humiliating, you know, when they tell you, I didn't really come to your meeting, but I came because my daughter enjoys her meetings. Yeah. Well, it all works, doesn't it? As it's long as they come. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. So evangelist, musicians, children's, children's ministry. The fourth one? And the fourth one, um, who is a key leader, at least in my ministry, would be, I felt I would call it a community service leader or a felt need uh, service leader. Right. And this person, what, what he or she does, uh, they help me find out what the needs are of the people that are attending my meetings. And say if we have a lady who is expecting, uh, she organizes a baby shower for her. Or say we find out that the community, like our last church plan that we just did, uh, we found out that it was a community where there's uh, uh, low-income families. Mm. And so we provide them with bag, with groceries, and we try to meet their needs. And so the felt need coordinator finds out what the needs are of those people that are attending my meetings, and then she plans for it so that we could meet some of their needs. These are practical insights, Antonio. So we need somebody who's responding to the actual needs of the community yes. so that we can minister appropriately. Yeah, that's helpful. A children's program, we also need a music program and an evangelist effectively working together. Valuable insights. Yes. Now, what's the next step in this? How do we launch a, a church plant? Where does it all begin? Okay, and uh, uh, before we get there, I'd like to mention also that when the first meeting starts, mm -hmm. it's incredible when you see um, the church ministry, uh, the, the, the church planter, you know, preaching an exciting message. And you right. have the music ministry leader also giving, uh, providing a, a wonderful worship service and the children's department leader providing also with a wonderful program for our children. And then at the end of our meeting, you have the uh, uh, felt need coordinator assisting the families or providing them with, with bags, with groceries, which is what we did in our last church plant. And so, um, the next thing we do, we plan a strategy. We need okay. to have a strategy, a plan of work. All right. Now, we want to hear about this strategy, a successful strategy, yes. an effective ministry strategy in planting a new church. Mm -hmm. So far, we've looked at why and why not, who should be involved. Yes. What we want to come to is how. And we'll do that straight after this break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is successful church planting. And our special guest is Pastor Antonio Herrera. Antonio, thanks so much for what you've shared so far. We've looked at powerful reasons 
and effective reasons why we should plant churches, why not to, and also the team of leaders that we need around us as church planters. Now, can you lead us into a successful church planting strategy, more or less how we, we do it with this team? What do we do next? Absolutely. I'd be happy to do that. Um, church planting, once you know you've been called by God, once you know that there's financing in place and you have a group of leaders to help you out, I believe you're now in the right track to successfully plant a new church. And so the next step would be to come up with a strategy. You have to choose a plan of work that will get you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Okay. And so um, on this strategy, the first thing that I usually do on, on the church plants that I've done, uh, there's an exciting tool that I like to recommend. That tool, it's, it's, it's a website that you go to and it's just going to help you. Um, it's going to save you lots of time. It's going to take a lot of stress off of you when you use this particular uh, tool that I'm going to share with you. And so uh, what it does, before I give you the name of it, what it does, it's um, you, obviously you choose the city where you're going to be planting your next church. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you go to this website, you type in the, na the name of the city, and then it'll give you the demographics this website is gonna give you the demographics to that city, but not only that, it's also gonna show you where, the, where your target group is, where the majority of your target group is at. Okay. Like, like for example, if I'm planting a Spanish-speaking uh, Spanish congregation, so I type in, I go to that website, type in the name of the city, and then it'll give me the demographics to that city, but then it would also show me where the heaviest concentration of Hispanics are in that particular city. Okay. So uh, it's, it's an exciting tool that I've used and it's helped me to, number one, locate where my target group is at. Right, okay. Sounds like a very valuable resource. So. And if, if people are living in places where that website doesn't actually cover their, their region, of course they can do other studies to find out where people live and uh, the, the demographics and so forth. Yes. But you're saying demographics are an important part Very important. of our planning as a well. And the website is sipatlas.com. What if we put <clears throat> a link on our ministryinmotion.tv website directly to that? I'll okay, be great. So mm -hmm. For our viewers at home, if you visit our website, ministryinmotion.tv, we'll provide a link to this website that Pastor Huertas is talking about. Okay, so do demographics. What else do we need to do? Once you've um, found, you know, you, once you've decided who your target group is going to be and mm -hmm. where they are located in that particular city where you will be planting your new church, the next step is you uh, decide, you choose a starting date. Now this is key. Well, before you choose a starting date, you need to find a place to have where you're gonna be having your meetings. Right. Which uh, obviously should be in the same territory where your target group is at. Right. So once you find uh, a place that you're going to rent, and mm -hmm. that's where you need the finances. Yes. And once you find that place, the next thing you do, uh, and that place could be a church, it could be a, a, a uh, an office building, it could be a fellowship hall, but once you find that place where you're going to be holding your meetings, the next thing you do is you set a starting date. You choose the date when you're going to start your meetings. 
Now that is key mm -hmm. because um, you don't want to start your meetings during the summer like when you know everybody's out on vacation or on major um, uh, uh, holiday weekends. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do it then. Mm -hmm. So a good time, uh, at least when I planted my churches, I've done it in the month of January, like the second or the third week. Everybody's in the spirit of new beginnings. Right. So that's when I do it. Or in the month of August or okay. September, like um, during back to school time. Right. So for North American audiences, January and August is ideal times, but I'm sure you'd be encouraging our viewers in Africa and other parts of the world, okay. perhaps even in Australia, that's a different hemisphere, to, to look at their calendar and work out the ideal time when they're not competing with major events and vacations and so forth. That's the principle, isn't it? It is, it yeah. is. So find the time when your target group is going to be present. Yes. Okay. So you got your place, your meeting place, you got this starting date, and then the next thing is promoting mm -hmm. the event promoting your meetings. And so what you do on that, uh, there's different resources that you can use. You could use the media, you could use the radio. Um, direct mailing is another way of doing it, but the way that has worked for me the most is through personal invitations. Yeah. And that's where the excitement comes. All of my church it's excited about it. They want to be part of it. So I um, assign them different streets of that territory where my target group is. And we send them out with a flyer in hand. They knock on doors. They introduce themselves. They let them know what they're there for. Mm -hmm. And they invite them to our meetings. And they just tell them, we're going to have a meeting just a few blocks away from your house. Come and join us. Mm -hmm. And like in the last church plant that we did, uh, we noticed that, uh, you know, low-income families, that's what we had. Mm -hmm. We realized, let, let's just provide them with a bag with groceries. So at the end, wow. we'll let them know, you know, uh, come come to our meetings, and by the way, we have a bag with groceries there waiting for you. Terrific, okay, so this is where your felt needs ministry comes in. Yes. And I'm sure you have music and everything's ready to go. And there's been quite a deal of prayer preparation as well. Absolutely, And yes. I would imagine that the, the rest of the team is, in addition to the leaders, the rest of the church planting team have been trained as well in terms yes. of greeting and welcoming and befriending people. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's something that, uh, because we've done it a number of times already, uh, we look for those key leaders that have helped us in the past, and now they're, uh, it makes it a lot, le a lot easier once you've done it a number of times. Yeah, and we're yeah. almost out of time, Antonio. Yes. But how long would you say it takes to, to the whole lifespan of planting a church? If you um, hold uh, evangelistic meetings, in that place, if you do it two or three times in a year, by the end of a year, you will end up having a successful church planting with maybe 30 or 40 of them already being baptized, plus other people that are visiting your church. Thank you so much. Practical, helpful <clears throat> insights. And thank you so much for joining us on another effective and incredibly helpful Ministry in Motion program. You're welcome to visit our website, ministryinmotion.tv. There you'll find a, an array of resources and all the programs that we've hosted and filmed. But until next time, may God bless you.